Hi, I'm Stacy Sanchez, and this is the Heart Prince of God podcast. Every day, God is so faithful to leave behind heart prints of His love in the everyday places of my life. And it's my desire, as we meet here together each week, that you too will begin to see the heart prints of God in your own life. So, sit back, relax, and for the next few moments or so, let's focus on God as together we seek for the heart prints of God in the everyday places of our everyday life. I wonder if you might be a little bit like me. (laughs) I know as people, we're all different, but I know we're all alike in so many ways too. And what I have been discovering is the closer I get to God, the more time I spend with God, the more time I spend deep in his word and studying his word and digesting his word and meditating on his word, the more I spend seeing and realizing who God is the more I see and realize who I am and the more I come face to face with the reality of the sinfulness and the wretchedness that is me. It has been a rude awakening. It has been heartbreaking and embarrassing, humiliating, uh, frustrating, you name it. And I think I'm surprised by that because I felt like the closer I got to God, the stronger I was going to be, the more like Christ I was going to become, the better Christian I was going to be, right? I was going to be not making the same old mistakes. I was going to be doing things right. I was going to be walking in victory. I was going to be a model Christian. But, oh, I am so far from that. And sometimes it seems like I'm going in the opposite direction, if truth be told, But as I've been praying with God, as I've been going through this season of, like I said, you know, seeing the real me, all the blinders off, rose-colored glasses tossed into the corner, what I'm realizing is that I'm not really going the opposite direction. I'm not really becoming less of a Christian. I'm becoming more of a Christian. I'm just realizing more and more how desperately I need God, right? I'm realizing more and more what my sinful nature is, what my flesh is, and how much I need God's spirit, how God's spirit is totally different than my natural man, how walking like Christ looks nothing like walking like Stacy, how really truly being a disciple of God is a radical, complete transformation and metamorphosis from who I used to be. So in order for God, I think, to do this complete whole new work in me, he has to break me down, I think, so that he can start anew. I think so often we think that God is going to come along and he's going to fix us, right? We have this problem and we will read about it in the Bible, we will pray about it, we'll get other people to pray for us, and then God will fix that, right? And then he'll fix this, and he'll fix that, like God is kind of this spiritual handyman. But 
what I'm realizing is God doesn't want to come along and just reupholster furniture that is showing wear and tear. He doesn't want to come along and just put some new plaster and repaint a wall that's looking anything but sightly and and new and um, in good repair. He doesn't want to come along and just pull up the old linoleum and put down a wood floor. He wants to knock the whole house down and rebuild it from the ground up. He doesn't want to fix us. He wants to remake us. He wants to rebuild us. He wants to start all over and do it again, right? He doesn't want us to just be patched and and band-aid and and cosmetically covered up. He wants to do a genuine heart transplant, a heart transformation, a whole brand new us. It's why when Nicodemus went to Jesus in the cover of night in John chapter 3, Jesus tells Nicodemus, who Jesus knew that Nicodemus's heart, unlike the other Pharisees who felt threatened by Jesus, Nicodemus felt drawn to God. He saw something in Jesus that he knew he was missing, that there was something there that was so different about this Jesus. And Jesus knew that. And he tells Nicodemus, you must be born again. And Nicodemus says, you know, how can I go back into my mother's womb? And Jesus says, no, not that kind of born again. But, you know, you were born once of the flesh, but I want to make you be born of the spirit, right? A brand new person, not somebody we're just going to fix here and there and tweak here and there, but somebody who's going to be brand new. The Bible tells us, I believe it's 2 Corinthians 5.17, that anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. It doesn't say that we're a fixed creation. It says we are a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are new. God wants to do a new work in us. And for us to allow God to do that, we have to see the need for it to be done. We have to realize, wow, <laughs> yes, I am a selfish person. Yes, Lord, I am prideful. Yes, Lord, I struggle with you know temptation in this area. Yes, Lord, I need help with this. Oh, yes, Lord, I can't do that. We have to see our need. We have to come face to face with our sinfulness, with our wretchedness, to the place where, kind of where it is in my life right now, where it disgusts me, it discourages me, it uh, it undoes me in the worst way. It just um, lays me flat out on my spiritual back, honestly. But what's so beautiful is when I find myself in that place, it's this place of, oh, Lord, look at me. <laughs> you know, look, look at the mess that I am. Look at um, all the things that I do that are so unlike you. And it's almost as if Jesus says, yes, I know. I see them. You're not surprising me with any of that. But I'm here and I want to get rid of that. I want to do something brand new. Let me work. And the more that I see my sinfulness, the more that I am re- 
uh, repulsed by my sinfulness, the more willing I am to be pliable, moldable clay in the hands of God, the more I am willing to sit back and say, not I, Lord, but your will be done. The more I am willing to say, Lord, change me. Lord, heal me. Lord, make me like you. And the beautiful thing with that is, is that's a prayer that God is always faithful to answer. And so while I am seeing um, just the yucko of who I am, I am also seeing the beauty of who God is. And I am drawn to that. I want that. I don't want to keep um, being the same old Stacy. I want to be a brand new creature in Christ. And the beautiful thing is, is that in him and through him, I can be that because he wants it even more than I want it. And I think about Galatians 2.20, where it says, you know, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, but not I, but Christ who lives in me. That's the place we have to get where we are so tired of our sinful self that we die to self. In fact, God says we have to die to self because he knows that's the only way that he can truly come to live in us and through us is for us to die to self. And the way that we then have the power to walk the way we want to walk is through our spirit man, is through God's spirit, doing it in it and through us, you know, doing it for us. We read a lot about the spirit life in the book of Romans. Paul talks about this so much, especially like in Romans 8, where he talks about not giving into the flesh, but walking in the spirit, letting God be the one calling the shots, letting him be the one guiding and directing and leading, let him be our reactions and our actions, our thoughts, our motives, our decisions, everything. You know, he is our why he becomes our why for everything that we do. And even though we are born again, and even though we've had that initial change of being born again, we still until the day we die, get the opportunity to make the choice of whether we are going to give into our flesh or whether we are going to walk in the spirit. God always leaves that choice up to us. And walking in the spirit is truly the best place to be, right? That's the only place to be is walking in the spirit. That's where we find our true peace and our true joy um, and our true uh, satisfaction in this life. No matter what's going on around us, those things can stay because we are in the spirit. And so, like I said, I don't know if you're like me and I don't know if you've had this struggle too. And if if so, I just want to encourage you, if you feel like you are failing God, if you feel like you are going in the opposite direction, if you feel like, you know, throwing in the towel and saying, I'm just never going to get this and look at me here, I should be so much further along in my walk, but I feel like I'm not. Chances are you are a lot closer than you think you are. It's just that you are seeing the real you. You're, you know, God is removing the blinders and his spirit is revealing to you the work that God wants to do in you. So don't run, you know, don't run unless you're running to God. That's the only direction we should ever run is straight to God. And I've been reading in the book of John and it's been so beautiful. If you have not taken time to get knee deep in the book of John, I would highly recommend you do that. I mean, the whole Bible, of course, 
God's inspired word and beautiful from beginning to end. But there is something for me about the book of John that just speaks to my heart. And I was reading today, I finished it up uh, yesterday, and I was just kind of reflecting over it and reading the end again there about Peter. And, you know, Peter, ah, such a heart for God, right? He was just so quick to respond, to jump out of the boat and walk on water. And even in the garden, he's the one that cuts off the ear of the servant that's there when they're trying to arrest Jesus. And even after Jesus has been resurrected and they are out fishing that night and they realize it's him, you know, Peter jumps out of the boat and goes running to him. But this is the same Peter who denied Jesus three times, not once, not twice, three times he denied that he knew his Lord. And I know that broke his heart. You know, it did. You know, it says he went out and he wept bitterly, tears of true repentance and sorrow. And yet what I thought was so beautiful that I'd never really noticed before when I'd read the book of John was in the season of life where I'm right now walking in my life where I feel so many times like Peter, not necessarily denying God in the way he did, but definitely denying the power of God in my life, denying the lordship of God in my life by not choosing and walking the way that I know I could and I should. I was feeling that bitter sorrow of Peter, you know, like, Lord, I keep failing you. I keep failing you. Why can't I get this right? And I realized, number one, it's not of me to do it right. It's the Holy Spirit's job to do it. I just have to surrender to that because I can't do it in my own. It's not up to me to do it. It's not in my striving. It's in my surrendering. But then number two, what God showed me so beautiful was when he first called Peter, he called Peter to come and be a fisher of men. They were out fishing and he said, been catching fish, but from now on, you are going to be a fisher of men. And he called him to do that, to go out and to draw people to Jesus. How beautiful is that? Beautiful, precious calling, right? But what God showed me was after Peter had failed Jesus, after he had denied him three times, that morning on the beach, after Jesus had resurrected and he had made breakfast for them there, He's talking with Peter and he says to Peter, Peter, do you love me? And Peter says, yes, Lord, I love you. And then he asks him a second time, do you love me? Yes, I love you. Each time when Jesus asked him that question, we know that he did three times because it was God's way of uh, giving Peter an opportunity to undo those three times of what he had done, right? For each denial, here's a confession of I love you, Lord, to cover that. How beautiful is God to do that? But then each of those times after Peter says, yes, Lord, you know, I love you. He says, feed my flock, care for my sheep. And what God showed me that I had never realized before was here. After Peter had supposedly failed God and had done the worst thing we could do, deny Christ, Christ gave him a promotion I mean, think about it. He went from being a fisher of men, calling a man to be a shepherd of men, to be the person that was going to be guiding them and watching over them. It was almost as if Jesus came to be the good shepherd, right? That's what he talks about in John 10. I'm the good shepherd. But Jesus was leaving and he knew his sheep was going to need a shepherd here on earth. And it was like he was saying to Peter, here, Peter, I'm leaving my church in your care. No longer, you know, when he went from calling him in, but now you are going to be the shepherd. You take care of my flock, take care of my sheep. 
And I thought in that moment, as I read that, and God revealed that to me, that God's destiny for us, God's wanting to use us, God's forgiveness of us is greater than any sin we could ever do. There is nothing that could disqualify us, number one, from his love, number two, from his grace, or number three, from being used by him. Peter went out then from that moment, and he brought so many people to the Lord. It talks about him in Acts, how he stood up and preached, and you know, 5,000 would come to the Lord in one day. But I'm sure that morning before breakfast on the beach when he was out fishing when he went back to the only thing he knew to do go back to where he had been before Jesus originally offered the call to come he probably thought I've blown it what am I going to do now I thought we could do something for this Messiah but then Jesus comes along and he says I'm not done with you yet you are going to do great things and he did he did incredible things but it's all part of the process right our falling down and our failures in God's hands can be the very thing that make us stronger and that make us qualified then to go out and to reach other people. Because Peter could say to somebody when they would say to Peter, you know, in a conversation, well, you don't understand, Peter, you know, I failed God, I did this. Peter could be like, yes, I do. I understand. And God will forgive you. He had a testimony that would preach because he had been there and he had experienced firsthand God's grace. So, No, no. If you feel like that you have blown it too much, if you feel like you've gone too far, if you feel like God cannot use you, if you feel like instead of getting closer to God, you're getting further away. No, no, no. Just believe that God is doing a work in you and trust God to complete that work in you. Philippians 1, 6, right? He who began a good work in us will be faithful to complete it. God will, but we just have to keep making sure, like John told us also in John 15, to remain in the vine. We just have to remain. In fact, as I was reading John, God kind of kept putting three things on my mind that we need to do. Number one, we as Christians need to remain. We have to remain in the vine. Then number two, we are called to love others. And then number three, we are called to testify about what is God has done in our life, right? That is what God expects of us to remain in him. And if we remain in him, we will be fruitful, right? And we will bear fruit. We can go out and love one another with the love that God has given us because we are getting that love from the source itself because we're remaining in the vine. And then as we do that, we can testify and we can tell like Peter can that this is a an amazing God of love and mercy and grace. And that draws others to God. And then we can bear fruit for the kingdom. That's what we need to do. But if we allow Satan to discourage us, if we allow him to try to put lies in our head that we can't be used by God, that we've blown it, that God could never love us now. No, remember Peter. Remember Peter. Remember the God who loves Peter. Remember Jesus, the God that who came to show us what God is like, full of grace and truth. Remember that and run to Jesus like Peter did when he was on that boat and he saw Jesus there on the shore. Run to him with everything you've got and then remain in him and see what God can do. You haven't gone too far. You haven't missed your opportunity Chances are God has big things, but he's trying to do a work in you first so that then he can do a work through you. It's the way God works. Let 
him work. Our gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, you are so beautiful. You are so faithful. You are all love all the time. And Father God, you know who you've created us to be. And you know that in order for us to be that, we need you. We need your spirit living inside of us, in us, and through us. Lord, forgive us for our failings. Forgive us for our shortcomings. We want to be like you. We want to honor you and glorify you in all that we do. But Lord, first we need to be born again by your spirit and we need to be remade into your image again. We need to allow you to come in and to knock down the walls and and to remove the carpet and to just start from the foundation and just build us up anew in you, Lord, in your spirit. Lord, we give you full control. We give you full access to every room of our life. And we ask you to come in and do what only you can do to make us more like you. And Lord, for the times that we fail, for the times that we hurt your heart, we thank you that in you and through you we have forgiveness, that we have an advocate, one who loves us, one who comes along and forgives us and picks us back up and tells us to keep going. Lord, we thank you that we can never do anything to be outside of your love, to be outside of your grace, to be outside of your purpose for our life. Lord, here we are. Do your work in us and then allow us the awesome privilege to go out and to do your work in our world. Help us to remain in the vine Help us to love others with the love that you have loved us with. And then help us just to testify to your goodness to everyone that we meet, Lord. Thank you, Father God. And we ask all these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Thank you so much for joining me today. Before I go, I just want to let you know that you can connect with me at StacyLSanchez.com. You can also find me at Heart Prince of God on both Facebook and Instagram. Okay, until next week, keep looking for those heart prints and have a beautiful, blessed day.